It's Midday Magazine for Tuesday, July 11th, and I'm Shelby Herbert. Large swaths of western Canada are ablaze in a record-shattering wildfire season for the country. Now, people in southeast Alaska are starting to see the smoke. And there's more to come. Petersburg resident Brad Hunter woke up to murky skies on the morning of Friday, July 7th. By sheer coincidence, that was the day after what Petersburg firefighters are calling the worst structure fire the community has seen in decades. At first, Hunter thought the pale fog came from the blaze at the local Catholic church. And I noticed the smoky haze down towards the east, come towards the Stikeen River. And you know, at first, of course, you think, well, we had that smoke in town on Thursday. But then it was apparent that it was a different type and a different source for the smoke. On that day alone, more than 22 million acres of British Columbia and the Yukon Territory went up in flames, breaking a record that was set over 30 years ago. A few of the fires are right behind the coastal mountain range, just due east of the Alaska Panhandle. The intense fires blew smoke thousands of feet in the air over the Boundary Range. That's why, back in Petersburg, Hunter couldn't see the usual landmarks on the Canadian border. You know, and then Devil's Thumb disappeared, and then eventually even the front range you know, towards Horn Cliff started disappearing and through the haze. Andy Park is a meteorologist with the National Weather Service in Juneau. He's been tracking the smoke across the border and says there's no cause for concern quite yet. The air quality levels are still fair, at least compared to cities on the eastern seaboard of the U.S., which were choked with smoke from Canadian fires in early June. But Park says things could get worse around here. If we see really increased fire activity today, that'll push more smoke to uh, Juneau, Ketchikan, Petersburg, and up you know, Skagway. So we'll have to watch what those fires do in the future. Um, right now, with the models that we have in terms of smoke forecast, it looks to stay more north of Petersburg. But you would really have to pay attention to how those fires blow up today. Alaska is in for some smoke. But so far, there's been very little fire. Mark Smith is a meteorologist with Alaska's Division of Air Quality. He says Alaska's fire season had a late start, but Canada's coming in hot. This year, Alaska is is not burning. We've only had 1,400 acres to date burnt. Typically, even during a low fire year, we'll have 200,000 acres by this time. But the high pressure has been dominating in Canada. There is hundreds of fires through Yukon Territory, British Columbia, and Alberta. So when will it stop? Smith's weather models predict it could take a while for the smoky days to pass, possibly until the end of summer. Well, typically we're in fire season until the rainy season starts, but we're still looking at the Canadian fires being dampened, not till August. So we still have another month of smoke potential. Central Southeast, near Petersburg and Wrangell, could get the most of that smoke on account of the flow of air over the Stikine River. Smith explains. Petersburg would have the ability to be impacted from the smoke quicker than uh, a lot of the other areas due to the drainage. So as the smoke kind of moves into the mountains from the east, that drainage flow would help steer and channel the smoke into Petersburg. More detailed data for the area is limited. There aren't any air quality sensors in central southeast. The closest are actually in Ketchikan. But sensors to the north and south are clocking in good air quality levels. 
sensitive groups like children, older adults, and people with lung diseases can still safely enjoy the outdoors. So for now, folks can breathe easy and enjoy stunning sunsets and sunrises stained scarlet by wildfire smoke. In Petersburg, I'm Shelby Herbert. For real-time smoke updates, you can check out the Alaska Division of Air Quality's website at dec.alaska.gov. White Pass and Yukon Route rail workers voted last week to authorize a strike. The railway is Skagway's biggest employer and one of the most popular tourist attractions in southeast Alaska. A strike won't happen right away. Negotiations are bound by the Railway Labor Act, which requires mediation and a 30-day cooling-off period before workers can strike. Jason Geiler chairs the local chapter of the union that represent white that represents White Pass's 27 Alaska-based engineers, conductors, and brakemen. He said the vote was overwhelmingly supported by union members. I think that many of the group feel that it's unfortunate that at this point the company has yet to come forward with a recognition of the, the wages that we do deserve. In a press release, Union Vice President Brent Leonard said the railroad's pay has not kept up with the cost of living. Leonard said, quote, Six years is far too long for these families to go without normal raises, end quote. Geiler says union members want to keep working, but they also want recognition for the work they already do. It's an opportunity to be able to participate in these once-in-a-lifetime opportunities and experiences with these guests who come to visit Skagway and here in Alaska. As of yesterday morning, representatives of the railroad had not responded to a request for an interview. The Sitka Fine Arts Camp's high school camp wrapped up last week, and campers didn't just take memories home with them. Each one brought home a brand new guitar. It's possible through a new partnership with Free Guitars for Kids. Brian Dudley is the executive director of the nonprofit. We believe that every kid should have the opportunity to experience the joy and tangible benefits of owning a musical instrument. Dudley says before Free Guitars, their founder, Terry Esau, was giving away bicycles. And he had some bikes in his garage that were his kids that had grown up. And he's like, you know, I should pick these bikes up and give them away. And then he got his bike club to do it. And the next thing you know, he's like giving away 500 bikes in Minneapolis. And then they started it as a nonprofit. And now they're in 22 cities across the country. They've given away over 150,000 bikes. One day, Esau's friend Damien Danielson heard a news story about the decline of music education. He reached out and said they should do the same thing for kids with guitars. Dudley has been leading the organization since last summer. In that time, they've given away over 700 guitars all over the country, from Nashville to Portland and now Sitka. I was in the airport flying to Nashville wearing my free Guitars for Kids sweatshirt. And this lady saw it and started a conversation with me. And her husband happened to be a pilot for Alaska Airlines. And she's like, you know, my husband, he's been a pilot for Alaska Airlines for a long time. He's really, like, connected. Maybe we can get Alaska Airlines to help you. And They connected Dudley with a representative at Alaska Airlines, where he learned of the Sitka Fine Arts Camp and an opportunity to reach kids from across the state. 
They shipped over 150 guitars to Sitka for elementary campers, acoustic guitars with softer nylon strings. Middle and high school campers received scored electric guitars. Dudley says his nonprofit likes to partner with organizations like the Fine Arts Camp that provides the training so that students are mentored with their new guitars. These kids, they come to camp, but a lot of them go home and they don't have a guitar to continue their journey, their musical journey. So they get this really cool experience, but then when they go home, unless they're able to afford it or they they seek out the instrument, it kind of stops there. And now they're going to be able to continue their music journeys at home because of this gift. Dudley visited Sitka this past weekend and gave a presentation on the program at the concert showcasing final camp performances on Saturday night. He said he looked forward to hearing students jam out on their new guitars. If you were raised in America, the 4th of July will always feel special, but also familiar. But what if you're not born in the U.S.? Well, KFSK decided to send Thomas Copeland, the station's resident Irishman, into Petersburg last week to cover his very first Independence Day. Well, it's 8.30 in the morning, so it's time for me to find out what a Petersburg 4th of July is all about. And I want to do it all in the time that it takes to play a classic all-American tune. Alexa, play Born in the USA. Well, the first stop has to be the 4th of July parade downtown. The theme, Let Freedom Ring. It was Pat Blair on his custom-built extra-tough bicycle. In support of the Petersburg Bike Park, as are all the kids riding behind it. Every kid that shows up gets a bell. A rollerblading Matthew Garretts with Starflower, the blind duck, in a straw-stuffed wheelbarrow spangled with stars and stripes. Do you have high hopes of winning today, Starflower? I'll take that as a yes. The Olsen and Eddie families dressed as wrestlers and referees, ready to wave from their wrestling ring trailer. We've got Tough as Nails, Teddy Roosevelt, Warrior Woodrow Wilson, Body Slamming Ben Franklin, and Mayhem Abraham Lincoln. Are you guys excited for 4th of July? Yeah. Have you had a lot of fun already? Yeah. Do you think you might be in with a shot of winning? Yeah. Do you answer yes to every question? Yes. (laughs) Are you going to fight each other? No. They won't allow it. Why won't you allow them to fight? You know, moms have to put safety first. But the lack of adolescent violence certainly didn't dampen the crowd's enthusiasm. They cheered on for every single float, especially those tossing candy to the kids. But here in America, competition is king and there can be only one winner. This year's victor, a mock boat float fishing for kids dressed as fish, celebrating the opening of the King Salmon Troll Fishery following a prolonged legal battle. Its name... Let Freedom Ring for Trollers, made by... Our neighborhood at Sandy Beach. Let's Sandy up. Beach neighbor Sue Paulson accepted the trophy and 200 bucks. We're all in support of our trollers. And where's this trophy going to go? How are you going to decide who keeps it? You know, there's going to be a big battle, and I predict that I am going to win at first, but I will share later. <laughs> well, the parade is over, and we're nearly two minutes through on the Springsteen countdown. So it's time for a pit stop. Right, so it's just around lunchtime now. That means I need some food. But not just any food, I need to find the most American food. We're doing teriyaki salmon bowls, corn dog. How good do they taste? I'm not the person to ask, I can't eat them. 
<laughs> Why not? Because they have gluten in them. Deep fried blue shell crab. Cake donuts? Are they good for you? No. If I want to eat the most American food, what should I eat? First thing we're going to do is get you a dog and a bun. All right, what do we got here is a little bit of jalapeno, if you'd like some of that. Cheese, onion, ketchup, little bit of mustard. All American hot dog. Look at that. I'm going to take a bite. Oh, oh, wow. Do you like it? I love it. All right, that's why we're up to cooking 200 of these so far today. <laughs> if you can still move after your all-American lunch, then it's time to get stuck into a few races on Main Street. All your ballpark classics, plus some Petersburg specialties. With too many races to offer bespoke commentary, let's pause the music and bring you your 2023 4th of July Parks and Rec Street Game winners. 50-yard dash, 6 and under, Emma Aikens and Owen Martin. 7-9, to nine, Ivy Warhatch and Jackson Zweifel. 10-12, to 12, Lucia Warhatch and Devon Westry. Training wheel bike race, Jackson Josie. The slow bike race, 8 and under, Carter Grace. 9-12, to 12, Cedar Littleton. Water balloon toss, Jackson Zweifel and Ryder Deal. 100-yard dash, Kenyon Rogers and Boreal Luton. Giant trike race, Peter and Jordan Swanson. Extra tough stop, Zach Peeler, Alex Rodriguez, Nathan Ajax and Adam Castor. And the egg toss, Brian Nguyen and Kirby Oof. Well, with two minutes left on our timer, we head down to the harbour for two of Petersburg's most high-profile events. First up, the blindfold rowboat race. On the dock, Mickey Ramos and Trent Ellis have worked out a foolproof strategy. I'm going to yell at him a lot, and he's going to do exactly what I say. It always has worked, and it's going to work again today, or else. How confident are you feeling? Not very. Super confident. And Ramos's confidence was justified. A chart topping 46 seconds on the board. But they're not out of the water yet. Reigning champions Joe Vicknicki and Cynthia Matteson are up next. Go! And they're off. Reigning champ Joe and Cynthia. There's a little bit bumpy to start. Probably not getting the pace that they wanted to get at this stage. Oh, oh, they're moving in the wrong direction. Oh, and the oar's broken. The oar has been broken, ladies and gentlemen. It's unprecedented. The oar has snapped. Joe Vicknicki has snapped the oar. Such was his enthusiasm at the game. Back on dry land, Vicknicki had to admit his nerves. Joe, did, did the pressure just get too much? Oh, man, where do they get these oars from? Are they wrangle oars? Whether from the pressure or a dodgy wrangle oar, the team's second attempt soon derailed. Oh, and he's lost it entirely. He's lost it entirely, ladies and gentlemen. With that, Ramos and Ellis were heralded the 2023 blindfold rowboat champions. And that left just one competition still to play. The iconic Petersburg 4th of July log roll. Long-reigning log-rolling champ Britton Erickson, from a proud family of log-roll victors, is unfazed by the jealous gaze of the competition. I mean, I do have people downtown, like, tell me I'm going down, and I'm like, I don't even know who you are. One by one, the brave men and women who took to the logs splashed into the water and out of the game. Anna Early, another former champion, took victory for the ladies, and Britton Erickson secured the men's title. But here in Petersburg, only one log ruler can reign supreme. And so, a true battle of the titans began. The grand final. Britain looks in control at the moment. Anna nearly slipping there, and she's down. Britton Erickson is the champion. Men and women, he's won the whole thing yet again. Britton, how do you feel? A little cooler than I was about 10 minutes ago. Final thoughts, are you pleased? It was a great 4th of July. The parade was awesome, and all the events downtown were great. It's just been a great weekend. And with that, the end of Petersburg's 4th of July from the Middle Harbour in Petersburg. I'm Thomas Copeland. For KFSK, I'm Shelby Herbert.